You know, to have revival means to revive that what was once alive. How many of you know you can't revive something that's never been alive? So if you're lost, you've never been alive. So revival is to revive the church. And uh, I believe today in America, the church needs reviving. Amen? I'm on the road approximately 50 weeks out of the year preaching revivals, conferences, and conventions, and I don't know what all, whatever God sends me to do, I do. But I've noticed one thing. America has turned its back on God, and God has taken its hand off of America. And unless God has mercy on America once again, and America churches get revived, there's not much hope left, folks. I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. My mama was a Democrat, my dad was a Republican, and that makes me a nothing. So it doesn't matter who gets in the office. What matters is when Jesus Christ comes back and sets up his kingdom. Amen. We don't have to worry about voting and all that kind of stuff. Amen. And the greatest passage of Scripture in the Bible for revival is Second Chronicles 7.14. If you have your Bibles and would like to turn, how many of you brought your Bibles? The rest of you came to a gunfight with a water pistol. It's <laughs> not going to accomplish much. Bring your Bibles tonight, and we'll see what I'm talking about. I believe that unless our churches get right, the lost is not going to get saved. You see, folks, I have a motto that I live by. I'm excited about Jesus. I mean, I, I talk to Jesus. I was over here having a cup of coffee this morning at the Woofle House. Y'all know that as a Waffle House. But up north, they call it a Woofle House, you know. But anyway, and there was a, a young father there with his young son, and, and the young son was very obedient. And when they got their food, the father says, Do you want to pray over our food, or do you want me? And he prayed. The little boy. And I couldn't help. Well, my switch was flipped faster. I invited him to come, shared a little bit of my life story, and sure enough, he promised me he'd be here Wednesday night with his son. Amen? So what I want you to do is promise God that you will invite somebody to come to this revival. There is no reason in the world eh, that this church is not full this week except one, and that is... We're not ready for it. Because when the saved get right, the lost get saved. I assure you of that. I've seen it work time after time after time. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for the wonderful opportunity and the privilege to stand behind this holy desk that you put my dear brother and friend, Brother Randy, in charge of. Lord, it's an awesome responsibility to stand behind this holy desk, and I pray that I not desecrate it in any way. And I ask you, Lord, as always, allow your Holy Spirit now to speak through your servant. But if for some reason that's not possible, I pray that you would allow him to speak in spite of your servant. In Jesus' name, amen. Second Chronicles 7.14. Most of you know it by heart, but I'm going to read it because I might misquote something. If, whoo, that's all we need right there, isn't it? If. You know, I don't believe God expects us to do very much, Brother Randy. 
Because then he would have said, When, my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Ladies and gentlemen, that is God talking to his people. He's not talking to the lost people out here. How many of you know that it's not the prostitute, the drug dealer, the drug addict, the murderer, the rapist, or anybody else that's bringing America down through the tubes of sin, but it is the church, not the building, but God's body, those that claim to be born-again Christians who are doing absolutely nothing for the body of Christ. That's why we need revival in our churches. Now, today, it's hard. It's hard for an evangelist today to even get a revival book. I thank God that he blessed our ministry, and we stay booked a good bit. We're booking 2014 now, 13 full. But, you know, I've talked to a lot of my friends that's in evangelism, and they're just falling by the wayside. Bill, I can't get a revival book. And when you asked, I in my own hometown, Pastor Randy, I was there in Griffin. I had a couple of days off, and I just decided I'm going to go around and talk to some of our churches. Five churches I was able to get in through the alarm system. The reason we got alarm system on my churches today is to keep the marauders out from stealing the sound equipment. Brother Randy offered to give me a key to the alarm system. I said, no, 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 Brother Randy, I can't have a key to the church. With my background, if someone broke in, stole something, naturally I'd be the first one they looked at. Amen. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But our, our people today, we have locked ourselves in, and at the same time, we have locked the world out. And we need to get back to the old-fashioned Holy Ghost-type revival that we had 40 and 50 years ago when the Holy Spirit showed up. Lost people got saved. Saved people got right. And those that want to be saved got saved. Amen? I told Brother Randy, there's only three kind of people in the world. Those that are saved, those that are not saved, and those that try to pretend to be saved. Amen? So we need to get right with Jesus, and we can have revival, and this church will fill up. If my people. He's not talking to the lost people out there. You see, revival comes in the hearts of God's people. In the church, where God's people congregate together. We ought to be able, when we walk in the door, to have a feeling. I got Holy Ghost bumps running up down my back, Brother Randy, the minute I walked in the door out there. I felt welcome, brother. I mean, I felt welcome. And in the singing, wow, I thought I was going to do a little Holy Ghost two-step over there for a minute. Amen. If my people, listen to this, which are called by my name. Now, folks, let me share something with you. You can be on the church road. You can have the baptistry certificate hanging up on your wall. But unless you have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, where your sins have been cleansed, you are lost. Should have got an amen right there, Brother Randy. I think I'm going to have to throw a spell on my own here. Amen? Folks, Baptist order come to life. You know, we have a reputation out there in the world. We are the frozen chosen. But we're not. We ought to be able to say amen, hallelujah, praise God, and hot dog anytime we feel like it. Amen? 
without hurting somebody's feelings. I, I see people walk around all the time. Their feelings have been hurt. How do you think Jesus felt when he hung on that cross? Do you think he was laughing and enjoying all that, knowing that the very people that he loved and walked with and worked with and healed and saved, all of them was out there, had turned his back on him? You want to say, you hurt my feelings? Wow. And then Jesus said, after all that physical pain, the mental pain, the heartbreaking pain, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That takes a real person to do that. You know, it takes the real love of God to forgive somebody. I was in a church not too long ago. A lady came up to me after church. She said, Brother Say, you see that lady back there in that weird sweater? I said, yeah. She said, that woman has hurt my feelings. I said, well, where were your feelings at when she hurt them? You know, if we wear our feelings on our cuff, we're going to get hurt every day, even if nobody talks to us, because every now and then we're going to bump something. You know what I mean? going to hurt our feelings. Put our feelings away and let the Holy Spirit of God come into our lives. And then when something happens that normally would hurt our feelings, we can just say, Brother... I tell you, I'm so glad that you said that to me. It made me realize that Jesus Christ died for me, so I don't have any feelings anymore. You can't hurt them, amen? Oh, it'll change your life. If my people, which are called by my name, shall what? Humble themselves. You know why Americans are hated in most of the world today? Because... We are a proud people. And you know, rightly so, Brother Randy, we should be proud of what we've got, but we should also be proud to announce that why we are where we are and who we are is because at one time in America, Jesus Christ came first. That's who we have to thank God Almighty. It's not anything we did on our own that we can get all puffed up about. It's what he did on Calvary. And I've never seen a humble person, a humble minister, get himself in trouble. It's the proud ones that get in trouble. I deserve better. Brother Junior Hill, you know Brother Junior, Andy, and he made this statement one time that one of his favorite friends in the pastor came up to him and said, Junior, I want you to pray with me. I want you to pray that God will give me a bigger church. And Junior looked at him and said, well, why in the world would you want to do that when you've got a wonderful church here? And that pastor looked at Junior, his friend, and said, I deserve better. I was in a a conference one time where there were several speakers, and of course, I was the first one. You know, they always let the the least and the less known and the, the worst preachers go first. And so I was the first speaker, and I got through, and I was out backstage with all the other speakers. And one of the big-name guys got up, spoke, came back in the back, back there, Brother Randy, and they was all standing around. I was off over here by myself because didn't none of them know me, and they didn't want to talk to me. If they'd know who I was, they'd been scared of me anyway. But that turkey walked off of that platform, Brother Randy, walked over to those other buddies of his, put his arms up on their shoulders like this and said, Boys, I knew right then he was proud. He said, Boys, do you realize 
right here in this circle is the best God's got. I thought, you donkey. I wanted to use a biblical term, but I thought maybe it might embarrass somebody. I said, you donkey. God can use a donkey to turn a prophet around, and you think you're the best God's got? I tell you, if God's people will humble themselves, get back on their knees, get off of their blackberry, their blueberry, their apple, their peach, the banana, and all those other kind of fruity computers they got, and spend more time in their prayer closet on their knees and come out with hot tears pouring down their cheeks and say, Thus saith the Lord, we would see revival return and we would see lost people get saved. But not until we humble ourselves. Look what it says. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. And what? Pray. Wow. Do you realize today, very few people even pray at all. We spend less time praying than we do reading a newspaper. We spend less time praying than we do anything else. Because the computer has arrived. As great as the computer is, it also has a downside because it has taken away our ability to spend time with God. <coughs> it hadn't taken away the ability, it's taken away our desire. Y'all excuse me for coughing, but I've been in three straight weeks of revival, and I'm trying my best to wear out my vocal cords. Y'all will get that in the morning when you wake up. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. How long has it been since you really prayed? How long has it been since you sat down to eat a meal in a restaurant, in a public place, bowed your hands, held hands across the table, and literally prayed out loud? How long has it been? I was in Stark, Florida. My wife and I was down there a few months ago before she had this surgery, and... Uh, we were in a seafood restaurant, and it's one of those kind where you see the food and you won't eat it all, you know, seafood restaurant. And we sat down at our table, and right across the aisle, there was a man and a woman standing, uh, sitting there eating their food. My wife and I reached across the table, held hands, and I prayed out loud. I asked God to bless the revival we was in. I asked God to bless the food. Now, I didn't ask Him to pave the road and put a new roof on the house. I can do that later in my personal prayer time. But I prayed to bless the food and bless the revival. When I said amen, this old boy sitting over here, he slid out of his seat and he walked up over at the table and looked at me and said, that offends me. I just slid out of my seat. Folks, I spent 15 years in organized crime. I'm not scared of anybody. I'm not scared of the person that calls me on the phone and says, I'm going to kill you. Because I got caller ID. I know where they're at. The ones I worry about is the ones that don't say anything to me. <laughs> Amen? I just slid out of my seat and I said, Well, brother, you offend me because that offends you. And the best thing you can do is just have a seat and I'm going to pray for you. He sat down and hadn't said another word. Folks, all we got to do is stand up in the name of Jesus. When we take a stand for the name of Jesus Christ, all of heaven stands with us. Who's afraid of the big bad wolf? Amen? Now, I'm not trying to impress you or tell you I'm 
bad and bad. I'm not. I'm saved. Glory to God. But today, we spend very little time praying. And when we do pray, it's usually for us four and no more. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Listen to what it says. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Woo. Mm. You know, the first thing we ought to do when we start to pray is ask God to come down and be face to face with us. Seek his face. We don't seek his face anymore. We seek his hand. Lord, my name is Jimmy. I want you to give me. We make out a grocery list for God. When God's people can get back to the old-fashioned type prayers we used to do when we got on our knees and on our face before God and prayed, God, cleanse me. Don't change me. Just cleanse me. And when He cleanses you, the change comes. Amen? He's not going to change you until you get cleansed. But we seek His face only for our benefits. And when we can get back to praying for other people first. Now the first thing we ought to do when we pray is to start our prayer out. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, of any imperfections, any impurities, anything, Lord, that would hinder my prayer. Because, you see, if you've got sin in your life, first of all, you're separated from God. How many of you know that sin separates us from God? Well, brothers say, now wait a minute, you know. I mean, you mean to tell me God's going to separate from me for telling a little white lie? No, he's not. You separated yourself when you told that little white lie. God's not going to leave us. We leave him. There are no big and no little sins when it comes to God. The Bible says his eyes are so righteous he won't even look upon sin. How then can you and I expect God to bless us, bless our family, bless our revivals, bless our church until we first asked him to forgive us of our sins. Baptists pray backwards. You know that, Randy? Think about it. I hear it all the time. person get up, pastor call on Brother Joe to lead prayer. He'll get up. Boy, he prays a beautiful prayer. And at the end of it, he says, and forgive me of my sins, Lord. Now he's ready to pray. But the only thing he says after that is, Amen. That just don't make good sense, folks. You see, when you and I sin, it closes off the conduit to heaven. Until we ask for repentance, God's not going to hear a prayer other than a prayer of repentance. Read John 9, 31. Now we know that God heareth not sinners. The minute you and I allow sin to come into our life, we become a sinner again. I know we are sinners saved by grace. But the minute you and I commit a sin then we become an active sinner again. And the first thing we have to do is pray and ask God. Well, brother, say, do you sin? Absolutely. Any man that says he don't sin make this Bible a liar. Yes, I sin, but not deliberately. I have what they call those instantaneous sins. You ever had an instantaneous sin? Come on. You know what I mean. I'm driving down the road here, minding my own business. 
running just a little bit over the speed limit. We all know those signs are suggested. You think I'm kidding you? Get on 285. But when somebody cuts me off and I shake my fist at them through the windshield, do you really believe that I'm saying, God bless you, my brother? Now, come on, folks. I'm a realist. I live in a fleshly body. And the Bible says in Romans 8, verses 5 down through 9, flesh cannot. And Griffin, Georgia, we would say flesh can't. Or either there ain't no way flesh can. You know, I know ain't's not good English, but it's good preaching. There is no way flesh can please God because it is enmity against God. And the minute you and I sin, we're back in the flesh. We ought to walk in the Spirit at all times. I know as long as we live in this fleshly body, we're not going to do that. But what and where does it say that we can't keep trying to do it? Amen? When revival comes, the church will get right and the lost will get saved. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and what? Turn from their wicked ways. There it is right there. When the church turns from its wicked ways, then what's going to happen, Brother Bill? Read it. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Hmm. Folks, that is God speaking to His people directly to our hearts. And when we get to the point where we can put our ears to it, put our minds to it, and set our hearts on it, then we can expect God to make a move that will change this nation. It will change the people in the church house. It will change the people in the jail house. It will change the people in the white house, the blue house, the green house, the red house, and the pink house. Amen? Amen. It will change them. But first, what do we have to do? Let me just make sure you understand what we're saying now. I'm going to slow it down and say it just like it ought to be said. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their lands. If that's not a stair step to revival, I don't know what is, brother. And I don't think we could, I don't think we could buy revival anymore. Speaking about that, my I'm staff evangelist down here in Griffin at Carver Road Baptist Church, and and uh, my pastor came in the other day, and he said, "Bill, I got to ask you something." He said, "Have you ever told a church you needed so much money to go do a revival?" I said, "Absolutely not. That would be against Scripture, and it'd be against what I promised God. I promised what God when He saved me and called me to be an evangelist. I'd go anywhere He opened the door." And I'd go on a love offering basis. He said, well, I had a priest, an evangelist call me last week. Wanted to come down and do us a revival. And I said, uh, the pastor said, he said to the guy, I said, sure, what does it take to get you here? $20,000. Now, if any of you have got $20,000, you've got no use for I mean, my name is spelled B-I-L-L-S-A-Y-E. But listen. 
When a man has to start setting a salary to come to your church and preach a revival, something's wrong with his relationship with Jesus. Amen? The spotlight has to be on him. I told my pastor, I said, well, Brother Tom, I believe I'm close enough to Jesus. I could just about get him to come down here and preach for that. We have become a nation of money-crazy people. We have become a nation that has stopped praying. We have become a nation that has stopped seeking God's face. And we have become a nation that's full of wickedness. And if we want our nation healed, we're going to have to get back to what the Bible says for us to do. Listen to a survey that come out in USA Today. That's a couple of three years old, but every day in America, some of you may have read it. Every day in America, over 10,000 children will be beaten, molested, or sexually abused by their own parents. Every day in America, over 13,000 children become victims of broken homes. Every day in America, 17 teenagers suicide. Do you realize we've lost more young people in the last decade to suicide than we lost in the entire Vietnam War? Something is wrong with America, folks. Why are these teenagers killing themselves like that? It's because I believe that mom and dad has quit being mom and dad. Why do we have such wild and disobedient kids today? when we didn't have them 40 years, 50 years ago? It's because today we got more wimps for parents. I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but it's time we take back our homes from a four- or five-year-old child. Every day in America, 1,200 illegitimate babies are born. And young ladies, let me say this to you. 85% of the young men that impregnate you desert you never, ever again to have anything to do with you. Don't you think Mr. Wonderful is going to change just because you married him? And I got my watch upside down, Pastor. Ooh, I'll be able to go to, uh, well, what time does church start tonight? 6.30. I'll probably go to 6. Amen. But every day in America, there are, 4,000-plus abortions. Let me say this, madam. If you've had an abortion, all it takes to erase it from your heart and your soul is a good prayer, seeking God's face, Jesus Christ's face, asking Him to forgive you, and one day you're going to meet that aborted baby. Amen? 2,700 teens run away every day in America. Listen to this one. Over 60,000 teens every day in America contracts a sexual transmitted disease. 90 million cans of beer are consumed every day in America. 1.6 billion cigarettes are smoked every day in America. Now, before you tear your clothes, throw dust in the air, run out and set in ashes, let me explain something to you. Smoking a cigarette is not going to send you to hell. Although there are preachers who will tell you if you smoke, you're going to hell. I've not read that in the Bible. I do not believe that smoking a cigarette 
will send you to hell. But if you're on your way there, it'll sure help you get there quicker. Amen? And if you're not on your way there and you're on your way to heaven, it'll make you smell like you've been there and got sins. Amen? Be sure you take a bath just before the rapture comes. Oh, you'll have time because it's going to happen in the twinkling of an eye. And everybody knows you can take at least one bath in the twinkling of an eye. Amen? But that's what's going on in America today. Wouldn't it be wonderful if revival would break out right here and spread across this country, spread across this county, spread into Washington, to California, everywhere around the nation, and we would see God move again in this nation, and America would be great once again. Folks, that's the truth. And the sooner we accept the truth, the sooner we're going to have revival. And the sooner we're going to be blessed of God again. I'm not from Indiana. I'm not a sooner. I'm from Georgia. I was born and raised a Georgia cracker. Friend, I do know this. Without Jesus Christ, there's no hope for this country. There's no hope for us as individuals. There's no hope for our marriages, our families, our children, our finances, even our health. Because when Satan is in control, trust me, he does not bring good, but he brings evil. So what's it going to be this morning? Are we going to get revived? Because the Bible says, if my people, which are called by my name, I still say, wouldn't it be wonderful if God had said, win my people. Sure makes it sound like something's going to happen, don't it? But if my people. Folks, if we do something this morning, we're going to see great things happen this week. Now, you can leave here to save them where you come. I have an evangelist friend wrote a letter the other day, and I read it. Well, it wasn't the other day. It was a couple of years ago. Time goes by fast when you get 70 years old, don't it? I'll be 80 on my 80th birthday. <laughs> Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. The time is now. The need is now. The move is now. God is waiting now. Heaven is holding its breath to see what you and I are going to do this morning. You see, I have to pray over here before I get up here. Yeah, I prayed over there, God, forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me all imperfections so that when I stand behind that holy desk, I will be open to the Word of the Holy Spirit who lives within me, who guides me, who tells me what to do and what to say. Does He live within you? Does He tell you what to do and what to say? you claim to be a Christian, he should be doing that. And if you claim to be a Christian and you really want to see revival come, then we're going to have to take that scripture and remove that if and say, now is the time. When? My people. Wouldn't it be wonderful if God come down and say, now that my people have gotten right with me, I'm going to bless the socks off of them. It can happen, folks, but only when you and I decide we want to get right with Him.
Let's bow our heads. Your head's about, and your eyes are closed, and no one's looking around. I got a couple of questions I'd like to ask you. Number one is this. How many of you in this sanctuary right now, if you died right where you're sitting, how many of you know without any doubt you'd go to heaven? Would you look up at me right now? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Bow your heads again. I wonder how many of you can say it with an honest yes. Brother, say, I know Jesus is my Savior, but I'm not living for Him like I know I should be. Would you look up at me right now if that fits you? I know Jesus as my Savior, but I'm not living for Him like I should be. Ladies and gentlemen, Half this congregation is looking up. You see why we need revival? Heads are bowed one more time. Now I notice that some of you did not look up. You did not look up for the first question. You did not look up for the second question. So that indicates to me that what you're really saying to me is, Brother Say, I don't know Jesus. I come to church. I enjoy church. But I've never really been saved. I've just never really said, Lord, Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Take up residence and be my Lord and my... I have never really done that, Brother Say. I just always thought, well, you know, I'm a church member and I've been baptized. And so I'm saved. But friend, church membership and baptism is a total different thing. It's not salvation. That comes after salvation. So would you do this for me? With your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Would you... If you are one of those people that did not look up, and what you're saying to me is, Brother Say, I'm not saved. I want you to look up at me right now. Just raise your head. Look up at me. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, if I did not see you, it does not matter. What matters is God saw you. One day, unless you repent this morning and get things right, one day you're going to have to stand before God face to face and give an account for why you turned down an opportunity to make it right. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for this service, and I ask you right now to move amongst us. You've, seen the, you, you've heard the questions. You've seen the response. So, Lord, touch these hearts that we may have revival start here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me? And as you stand and we begin to sing, you begin to come right now. Whoever you are, you know who you are. You know you looked up. Make your way. I'll say yes to your will. Will you say yes to his call? Make your way right now. I'll say yes where you lead me. Someone else, make your way. Don't let Satan beat you down this morning. You come right now. Make your way. 
Someone else, make your way before it's too late. You know who you are. God's touching your heart right now. before it's too late come right now whoever you are God's dealing with you you know he is make your way while the pastor's praying I want you all to bow your heads if you need to get things right with Jesus this morning I want you just to pray with me I'm going to pray out loud you pray from your heart because if it don't come from your heart it's not real but you pray and you ask the Lord to forgive you the things in your life you know you need forgiving of would you do that right now Father In the name of Jesus, I love you. Father, again, I ask you to cleanse me of any thoughts or anything that might hinder your move. Lord, these that are praying right now, some of them looked up and said, I'm not living for Jesus like I should be. There were a few looked up and said, I'm not saved. But Lord, I ask you now to wrap your big arms of love around each person here. Give them a big old hug right out of heaven. Let them feel the warmth and the intensity of your love. So intent, had we been the only group of humans on this earth, you would have still sent Jesus to die for us. Lord, right now, you move and let them move. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, how many of you prayed and asked the Lord to forgive you? Amen. Amen. Here's what I need you to do. Sometime today... Tonight, you shake your pastor's hand and say, Pastor, I got things right this morning. Would you do that? How many of y'all are willing to do that? Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Now, I got a photographic memory. I still know some friends up in New York. And I'm going to see if you shake this pastor's hand today. I got one problem. I forgot to tell them, Pastor. I've got no film in my camera, so... You take over, brother.